What is up? Welcome back to the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined today with John Kegley and David Drogemeyer, my two co-hosts. Again, three writers from San Diego Sports Domination who started our own Facebook Live show three years ago called Chargers Domination Live before hooking up with the Locked On Chargers to bring you guys a podcast every day of the week. And speaking of every day of the week, this is our first ever five-show week, and this is the bonus show this week. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about. First, the Chargers are in the news for all of the wrong reasons. We get into that and the stadium talk from this week and some uh, going back on what you said kind of stuff. And and then we're going to get into, John, breaking down the history between these two teams, the Chargers and the Titans, and giving you the all-time series record and some cool notes from these teams going back a long time. And then we're going to get into a segment that's first for us, and that's going to be the Locked on Chargers Fantasy Locks of the Week. So we have a lot to get into, guys. All right, David. Well, the Chargers were in this. The Chargers were in the news this week for not great reasons, revolving around what they've been able to put in the stadium and what they think they're going to be able to sell in the new stadium. So give us a couple details on that story this week. Yeah, so uh, the Chargers had originally anticipated a revenue around the $450 million mark. And uh, what's common, uh, you know, when going into projects or, you know, putting information towards projects, they tend to project a lot more optimistically than they uh, end up actually getting to. And they don't uh, cover their runoffs uh, as well as they should. In this particular situation, the Chargers were very, very overly optimistic uh, and had to since change uh, their expectations. So they dwindled their uh, their numbers from $450 million down to only $150 million. And that has a lot of people around the league and the NFL questioning the Chargers' viability in Los Angeles. Well, John, especially when you talk about what they think that the ticket prices are going to be. Yeah, I mean, the ticket prices aren't that bad, actually, which I don't know how much longer that's going to last. But when we first thought of the, the PSLs coming out, we were thinking cheapest ones would be like $10,000 and the cheapest one's $100. And you get 50 years to pay that $100. So you could pay $2 a year and then have a $500 set of season tickets every year. The PSL is a professional seat license that you basically have to buy in order to own season tickets. It's another, basically another way for NFL owners to make more money off of you. And they usually have them when they make new stadiums. But the thing about the professional seat license is after 50 years, you can actually get that money back. Well, I guess that's a good sign then. And yeah, for a hundred bucks, that doesn't seem bad. The crazy part is John is right now, their tickets are going for almost $200 for the cheapest tickets to go see the Chargers at StubHub right now. We've actually heard, John, you could probably corroborate this, wasn't the best turnout of this year probably the Rams game at the Coliseum? Yes, it was. There was a ton of fans at that game. It was like somewhere in the 60,000s, I believe. And the the cheapest ticket I found was $34, and I ended up going for the $39 seat just because it was on the side I wanted to sit on. And I spent less money buying two tickets for that game, getting parking, and filling up my fiance's car with gas than I did for one seat and a free bus ride to the Charger game. 
yeah, stuff up. And that that's the part I really wanted to hit on because that's the crazy thing about it is you're projecting your ticket prices to be this, but right now your ticket prices are more than double this. And you haven't, I mean, barely been able to find a ticket under a hundred dollars at any point this season. And I mean, not to reminisce too much, but for the Charger games in San Diego, for a hundred bucks, you could pretty much sit field level near the 50 yard line, which is saying a lot compared to where that ticket gets you at the 25,000 seat stadium and StubHub. But my main takeaway from this, guys, is it's what we expected. We expected the Chargers to really struggle to get a foothold in Los Angeles with so many other things going on. And that's really just come to fruition. You know, Roger Goodell was at the game two weeks ago, David, kind of scouting out what was going on. And then now you hear that the Chargers' viability, that Adam Schefter reports that the league is questioning the Chargers' viability in Los Angeles at all, but at the same time, I don't really expect anything to change. So, yeah, this isn't uh, going to be a situation where the Chargers are going to be moved back to San Diego. They cannot go anywhere for at least 10 years. Uh, you know, but keep in mind they are attendant in, in uh, Stan Kroenke's stadium, so they don't really have a lot of skin in the game, and if the numbers continue to trend the way they are, and if the Chargers continue to struggle to get that foothold in Los Angeles, things may happen, but I don't really expect it. Yeah, and the 10-year thing, guys, is a little depressing if you're a San Diego and wanting the Chargers to come back. But it's also worth noting that the league does whatever it wants. If it wanted to go back on that stance of 10 years or that rule because they really don't think the Chargers are succeeding, they could do that. The league has the power. But at the same time, John, the owners probably won't be on board because they have millions of reasons to be happy about the Chargers moving. Yeah, there's no way the NFL is going to want to shut this down anytime soon, no matter how bad it gets. It can get to the point where only two people are showing up to that stadium and maybe 100,000 people are watching the game on TV. And they're going to say, well, Spanos might be screwed, but we're each getting $21.5 million a year for the next 10 years from the Chargers. And when the Raiders move, they're going to be getting another 21.5 mil. That's $43 million a year just to sit on your ass and watch the Chargers and Raiders screw up in Vegas or L.A. Well, and I think the Raiders probably have a better shot in Vegas than the Chargers do in L.A. They actually seem pretty excited to have them. But to get to a little bit of good news, guys, we went over the injury report yesterday. But now that it's Thursday and we get that final injury report, I'm happy to say that it looks like this week, David, the Chargers are going to have their opening day starting offensive line with Russell Okung and Joe Barksdale finally off the injury report. Mike Pouncey's on there, but we think he's going to play. I mean, what can you say about that and just the importance of having these five guys back all on the same field? I mean... With offensive line or just line in general, that continuity uh, with the guys that you're playing with is very, very important. Now, the Chargers have done a great job uh, covering for Joe Barksdale with, you know, Sam Tevy and Trent Scott. You know, so the backups of the Chargers offensive line have played admirably. But, you know, you obviously want to get your top guys out there uh, and hopefully they can stay healthy for a while so they can mesh and they can start building some good chemistry uh, going down the uh, back stretch of this season. 
Yeah, and I think the backups did what you needed them to do, and they were average. And I think that's really all you can expect. Yes, it would be nice to find a diamond in the rough, but you will settle for average with your backups. And, John, now that the starting offensive line is together, what would you think about them moving Dan Feeney and putting Forrest Lamp in? To, do you think that would make this offensive line better? Well, seeing as how Lamp hasn't had much playing time yet, I wouldn't say it'd make him that much better yet. But I do want to start seeing the uh, strategy and the timing of putting him in a few plays here and there during games to make him that full-time starter. Because once he has some playing time and he starts getting his head up to speed, I think this offensive line would be way better with him over over Feeney. So if they can maybe get him... 10, 15 plays here and there. Let's like work him in for rest purposes amongst the offensive line to avoid more injuries. I think you could definitely improve this line and make him a full-time guard. The Forest Lamp experiment hasn't been good so far. We have yet to really see him make an impact on the field, but hopefully going forward, they can somehow get him involved because I think at the end of the day, it would be an improved offensive line if you could get him in there and up to speed. But ne- coming up next, we have the, series history between the Titans and the Chargers with John Kegley. And we're going to go ahead and get into that next. But first, it's time to talk about your movie theater experience. I love going to the movies, guys. It's one of my favorite things to do. But sometimes it seems a little stale when you can end up spending $50 to go see any movie. Good movie, bad movie. But $50 to go sit in a, a little movie theater chair and buy $20 popcorn doesn't really seem like it's worth it anymore. I have a new spot that really is changing the way you watch movies. Rooftop Cinema Club has landed on a rooftop near you. Come and watch the latest releases and cult classics under the beautiful sky. Movies by moonlight, breathtaking views, delicious cocktails and food. I'm there. We are putting the celebration back into cinema. Screenings in Hollywood, downtown LA, San Diego, Houston, and New York on sale at RooftopCinemaClub.com. That's RooftopCinemaClub.com. Com. Guys, you get to go sit on a rooftop in a nice big deck chair, comfortable. You can even upgrade to a love seat. You can get endless popcorn, good drink specials. I mean, this really is changing the way you will watch your movies. It's a totally different experience, guys. And if you want to check it out, we have a special offer for you because you can save 10% off your seats at all Los Angeles and San Diego venues when you use the promo code LOCKEDON10 at Rooftop Cinema Club. Dot com. That's locked on 10. Get out there, guys. Go check out the newest thing that everybody's been doing, and I promise you, you're going to love it. So check it out now. Check it out now, and don't forget to use the promo code locked on 10. All right, John. Well, this is a segment that you've been excited about and been wanting to do for a little while, but now that we have a Friday show, this is the perfect time. You are the ultimate guy to go to for any all-time series stats or cool notes you know it all you've gone through it all so this week we are playing the titans so go ahead and take it away man what should we know about what these two two teams have in their past well it's kind of been a roller coaster ride of uh, all-time series when the chargers first started out in la the Chargers made it to the championship game and lost to the Titans, but this is back when they were the Oilers. And the next year, their first year in SD, it was the same thing. They make it to the championship game, and they lose to them. 
when you first look at the first eight games, it looks like the, the Titans were forever going to have the Chargers number. They started out having to six and two, just always beating them in the big time games. And then out of nowhere, the Chargers take off and win nine of 11. And now the Chargers have won 10 of the last 11. And that one loss is Jake Locker to Justin Hunter, last second touchdown in 2013 on the conservative Mike McCoy team. But other than that, the Chargers have shown their dominance on this team and lead this, the series 27-17-1. and the, A lot of these games are blowouts on here. Like You'll see games like 38-10, 42-17, 40-7, a lot of them are blowouts. And the last time the Titans won a game handedly, it was a shutout, 27-0, back when they were the Oilers. And then the next, then five years later, they were the Titans. That's when the Chargers took it took over. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. So I mean, it sounds like unless the Oilers are showing up on Sunday, it's it's going to be a pretty close game. Uh, the uh, the scoreboard of all time has it: the Chargers one thousand one hundred eighteen to the Titans nine hundred and fifty nine. Which, if you average it out over forty five games, is twenty four point eighty four to twenty one point thirty one. So. I know Wade expects a close game when he made his prediction. Me and David predicted blowouts, but according to the all-time stats, it's supposed to be pretty close. And yeah, I mean, I, in, in, in my close was still 20-7, to 7, so that's still a, a, a double-digit win. But I'm still the closest out of the three of us. I, it seems like the Chargers really have had the Titans number. It's hard to really take one year to another, but these trends don't just start. For no reason. There's a reason the Chargers have played well against the Titans in years past. And I think the Chargers this week are going to notch another victory and make it 11 out of the last 12 games that they've won. Yes. And if, if you want to know something even more amazing, you know those times when you see like a weird stat on ESPN and you're thinking, oh, there's no way that's going to happen. The other team is just too good. And then somehow a three-win team beats a 13-win team. Well, those kind of games have happened with the Chargers, like the LT and OT game back in 07 when the Chargers were down 17-3, to and somehow, some way, they come all the way back to send the game to overtime, and LT wins it. But there was plays like Chris Chambers getting absolutely destroyed, and somehow the ball still lands on his chest. Or when it was fourth down and the ball looks like it hits the floor, but the referees couldn't tell, so they they just gave him a catch on fourth down. The Chargers come all the way back and win that game. Somehow, some way, the Chargers have pulled away. There's even playoff games that are like that when the Chargers won 17 to six when LT goes up and over the top in the rain in San Diego to win the divisional playoff game. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, that was a great game, John. What were the stats for Melvin Gordon last time the two these two teams met up? Because I remember he had a really good game. He had my all-time favorite game by him where he had 196 rushing yards and sadly only one touchdown, which blew my mind when I went to look at those stats again and he only had one touchdown. I was like, oh, he ran all over that field just to score once. It's like watching Julio Jones today get 150 receiving yards and no touchdown. And how did Phil Rivers perform in that game? 
So Rivers uh, with 24 of 33 for only 275, which when you hear 24 of 33 from Rivers, you're thinking at least around the 350 mark. But the Titans D was pretty rough that game, and the final score was 43 to 35 thanks to Melvin Gordon's running that got us those 43 points. Yeah, I definitely set up a lot of them. And, I mean, crazy to think that then Melvin Gordon's backup was Kenneth Farrow. I mean, that's <laughs> crazy how far that we've come and kind of leading towards David's prediction, bold prediction for Antonio Gates. His last game against the Titans, this game we're talking about, he had five for 75 and a touchdown. So hopefully he can recapture some of that old magic. But and do you remember the game when they retired Seau's number and the Chargers won 38 to 10? And Dante Rosario had three touchdowns and Jackie Battle had two? I do. The old Jackie Battle's only good game. Here we go. Here we go for the Chargers tight ends. This is your chance to make that image last forever this week. One to also show how far we've come. These were the top four leading tacklers last time these teams played. Number one, Corey Toomer. Number two, Steve Williams. Number, tw- uh, number three, Brandon Flowers. And number four, Dwight Lowry. So I'd say that this defense is going to be much improved than the one that the Titans saw in last year's game, David, or in the last game they played, David. And Joey Boza was at the bottom of that list of tacklers. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a completely different defense that the Titans are going to be going up against. You got playmakers at every level at the, you know, they're playing a lot of uh, dimes, so you got a, a lot more def- defensive backs on the field, but the, the defensive line is rotating and playing very well, and Derwin James has brought another playmaker to an already pretty solid secondary, so this is a completely different defense that the, the Chargers are bringing to London on Sunday. And one one thing we hope doesn't carry over from that game is the Chargers not are having to kick three field goals at 36 yards or in. Hopefully this week time, even though they scored a lot of points, they will be able to convert those into touchdowns, which they have been much better at this year. But that does it for the all-time series between the Chargers and the Titans. Now we have to get into Locked On Chargers Fantasy Locks of the Week. We'll also tell you a couple guys that we're not feeling so great about as well, and that's coming up next. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into the first-ever fantasy the first ever Locked On Chargers Fantasy Locks segment that we've done. We did a season preview for Fantasy, but we haven't done a weekly one yet. So this will be the first show. And I wanted to start out by by shouting out anyone who picked up Melvin Gordon before people thought that he should be picked up. And also the people that even though Phillip Rivers' average draft position was around 20, saw that he still could be a good fantasy starter Props to you because it has paid off so far. Melvin Gordon is the number two running back in fantasy so far this year, with only behind Todd Gurley. He has 162.5 fantasy points this year. He has nine combined touchdowns. He has over 700 combined yards in this season. And Phillip Rivers, not to be outdone, also is in the top 15 of all fantasy players in the league right now. And, I mean, he was drafted less than that just as a quarterback. 
So Philip Rivers still producing, has the 15 touchdowns to only three interceptions. In my book, it's two interceptions. But so guys like that, I mean, Melvin Gordon, obviously we're not going to tell you to start Melvin Gordon because if you have Melvin Gordon, you're starting Melvin Gordon. But David, let's go ahead and get into it. Who do you like in fantasy this week? So I'm going to go a little off the cuff with mine. Uh, probably somebody you're probably not really thinking about too much, at least these days. And uh, that's going to be Antonio Gates. Uh, I, in my bold prediction l- earlier in the week, I said the old man was going to get two touchdowns. And that's specifically because the the weakness of this Titans defense is in their linebackers. And that's probably who's going to be spending the most time covering Antonio Gates. And, I, you know, obviously, you know, if you looked at how the, he's been used, He's not been a volume guy. He's been a third down security blanket and a red zone target on occasion. So I think with that weakness in the linebacking core for the Titans that Antonio Gates is going to be a good guy to start this week uh, if you got him on the bench. Go ahead and put the old man in and see if we can capture lightning in the bottle in London. Yeah, and I think the other thing about that is Tight end is such a hard position in fantasy this year, guys. It's really hard to find a really good tight end. Even Gronk has been mortal this year, and there's not a lot of depth there. I think there's really only like 10 to 15 guys you can even use in fantasy. So if you have a good feeling that a tight end is going to get a touchdown in any given week, it's worth the spot start, especially as the buys are creeping up. I know there's a few teams on a buy this week. Uh, Jimmy Graham, if you're a Jimmy Graham owner, you might want to be looking out for Antonio Gates. You might just be sitting there in the free agent pile. John, who do you like in fantasy this week? I'm starting all the Chargers. (laughs) Yes, I know that. John has an all-Chargers fantasy team for anyone that doesn't get the joke. But who do you have on your team that you think has the most opportunity to really go off this week and have a great game? Well, I'm not going to say they go off, but I think it's something that if you have a bye week, you pick it up, and that's the Chargers' defense. Yes. With with the Titans allowing 11 sacks last week and being full of injuries, and their main weapons are Derrick Henry and Corey Davis, and Marcus Mariota can't feel his hand, I think this defense could probably rack up some sacks and interception points for you. Oh, I think so, too. And, I mean, they've yet to have that pick six for the six points as a defense. But after being a really high draft pick as far as defenses go at the start of this year, guys, a lot of people didn't know Joe Bosa would be out for this long. Obviously, a lot of leagues, guys, the Chargers were dropped. So it's definitely worth looking to see if they're out there because, hey, sacks are a point. So if the Ravens got 11 points last week just on sacks. And I, I know if you listen to our bold predictions, you know that they're probably not going to get much yardage or points on the defensive side of the char- against the defensive side of the Chargers. So I think that's a great call this week. I'm looking for Austin Eckler to, to bounce back. He's been really a fan. He's been useful in fantasy, guys, even as the Chargers' second running back. He's been very useful. He has a lot of touchdowns. He gets receptions out of the backfield if you play in – uh, PPR league, and he had a little bit of a down game last week against in a blowout against the Browns, but I, I think he gets back out this week. Remember, he only takes one touch to take one to the house from 30, 40, 50 yards out. So I think if the Chargers offense struggles early at all with a good 
Titans defense, I could see Austin Eckler getting on the field and getting more touches because we've seen that from the Chargers in the past. If Melvin Gordon starts out ineffective at all, they will get him out of there and give Austin Eckler more touches. He should have had way more than the six touches that he had last week. That's for sure. And I think they're going to want to get him more involved this week, especially with a good secondary for the Titans. What's that? You just you basically just hit a nail on the head with Austin Eckler because even if Melvin Gordon does good, he's going to need rest because the Titans' weakness is their run defense. And if Melvin Gordon gets a lot of carries, he's going to need rest. And Austin Eckler shows that he could outperform Melvin Gordon when he gets on the field after being on the bench to start the game for a while because it has opened up the defense and Eckler will take one little carry and turn that thing into like 20 yards and he'll do that at least three times. Well, and even in his down week last week, he still averaged a crazy 8.6 yards per carry. He didn't have a reception. I think that's what hurt him in fantasy. But I, I think the Chargers want to keep Austin Eckler involved in this offense because when he is a part of it they are better there's no ifs ands or buts about it he is a weapon and if you're ken wisenhunt you have to use all of your weapons so he needs to get on the field more you couldn't take melvin gordon out of the game in the last game he was just chewing people up he was tiring out the defense he just i mean you couldn't take him out he was having too good of a game so i understand that part of it i wish he would have got more work at the end but the reason he didn't get more work at the end, guys, is because he is that valuable to the offense. You can't afford to have him getting hurt in a fourth quarter of a blowout against the Browns. They don't think of him as just a backup. They just think of him as a valuable asset to the Chargers. And the one guy I will get to, I want to know what you guys think, is I'm not as high on Philip Rivers this week. I think he can have an okay game, but I'm not looking for him to really just blow up in this game. I could really see a stat line of, 19 of 26, 235 yards and two touchdowns. So if you have other options this week at quarterback, David, you might want to think about using that. I think an okay game, but I don't think he's going to blow up. Yeah, I, I mean, do you and do you really even need a great game from Phillip? As long as he can, you know, protects the football like he has done a pretty good job of this year and, you know, throws a couple of touchdowns, who cares about how many yards he gets? I mean, I do think this is a, another game that the Chargers are going to try to dominate on the ground. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can go along with that thinking of, you know, if you got another guy to start at quarterback, go ahead and give Phillip an imaginary day off uh, on your fantasy team. And if he's available and you need a bye week filler, I still like Phillip Rivers, but don't expect a great Phillip Rivers game, a three or four touchdown game. That's not what I expect, John. I think it'd be really similar to what he did last time against the Titans. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. And on the ESPN Fantasy app, they're actually predicting him to have only 16.3 points. And the guy I'm up against in my all-charger league has Kirk Cousins, who is predicted to have 18.4. So... That gives you an idea of where Rivers is being ranked, in a way. Yeah, and Kirk Cousin puts up fantasy numbers, so that's still pretty good company for him. But that wraps things up for today's segment, guys. That was fun doing some fantasy. We hope to bring this segment back to you on a weekly basis. Don't overthink it with the fantasy. You still start Keenan Allen. You still start Melvin Gordon. Tyrell Williams definitely deserves some consideration if you need just a boom or bust type of guy. And I think if you need to see more out of Mike Williams, 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. That was fun doing that fantasy segment with you guys. We hope to bring that back on a weekly basis. And for the guys we didn't cover, start your studs, start Keenan Allen, start Melvin Gordon. All those guys are really easy starts for this week. But make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC if you haven't yet. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. We have five shows this week. We're hoping to have another five shows for you guys next week. So make sure to check in with us then. Also, go like our page on Facebook at Locked On Chargers on Facebook. And make sure to drop us any questions you guys have for next week. We will see you on Monday. Take it easy. Have fun this weekend. And go Bolts.